as hat racks into peach trees grow, or hopes dance best on bald men's hair, and every finger is a toe, and any courage is a fear. episode five of the multiverse an episode i wrestled with largely because it can feel daunting sometimes just to the artistry of this poem to do justice to that and how personal they can feel um and the poem for this episode was in fact inspired by a chance encounter more or less in a cemetery here in portland oregon um that sounds macabre maybe but if you've ever been in a cemetery um, on a quiet day, you might relate to the feeling that it isn't so much about death and loss that kind of you feel around you as it is just remembering, is being surrounded by reminders of past lives and unknown histories and the kind of reassurance that both our best deeds and worst deeds all are returned to the same place as a part of the universe, um, but also lost to imagination and memory. Um, and rather than tragic, I kind of find that to be liberating, right? So back to the poem, um, this episode's selection is as Freedom is a Breakfast Food, which is in brackets, um, by E.E. E. Cummings. Even if you aren't familiar with Cummings, the title pretty well signals that deciphering this is going to be a nebulous affair. Cummings earned a reputation for crafting abstract verse in form, structure, and phrasing all at once, but with the magic tricks of somehow being emotionally direct and pretty immediate. You'll have entire chunks of verse with no punctuation, words missing or elided, bare of imagery or sense detail, and then suddenly be punched in the gut by this reminder of what it means or what it's like to live and to be human. So I selected this poem for a few reasons, but partly because it's less deconstructed than other coming poem, and therefore reads a little bit better aloud. To set the table for it, no pun intended, pay attention to the juxtaposition and parallel structure that gives it a lyrical quality to where Cummings uses these binary opposites in juxtapositions and where he uses inversions or where he compares things by degree. For example, a binary opposite he uses in is the simple right and wrong contrast. Um, that'll come in the first stanza. As an inversion, he writes, as hat racks into peach trees grow, a literal reversal of time and also a curious relation of man to nature that becomes more relevant as the poem continues. Um, and finally, pay attention to a line that migrates kind of through each um, seven lines of the stanza, each seven line stanza, starting in line four in the first stanza, and then shifting to line five, then six, then finally seven in the fourth and final stanza, where Cummings inverts the line, and in doing so, um, kind of turns the poem on its head. Uh, that line is long enough and just so long. And with that, let's read. As Freedom is a Breakfast Food by E.E. E. Cummings. As freedom is a breakfast food, or truth can live with right and wrong, or molehills are from mountains made, long enough and just so long, will being pay the rent of seam, and genius please the talent gang, and water most encourage flame. As hat racks into peach trees grow, or hopes dance best on bald men's hair, and every finger is a toe, and any courage is a fear, long enough and just so long, will the impure think all things pure, and hornets wail by children stung. 
or as the seeing of the blind, and robins never welcome spring, nor flat folk proof their world is round, nor dingsters die at break of dong, and commons rare and millstones float long enough, and just so long, tomorrow will not be too late. Worms are the words, but joys the voice. Down shall go which, and up come whom. Breasts will be breasts, thighs will be thighs. Deeds cannot dream what dreams can do. Time is a tree, this life one leaf. But love is the sky, and I am for you. Just so long, and long enough. Well, reaching the end of the poem kind of feels like if you've ever gone on a drive out of the city and you get above the lights and you look up and suddenly, you know, you see the stars finally after all the all the city light pollution is gone and cleared out of your vision. Um, and you can kind of see the sky for what it really is, or at least what it is um, that we're able to perceive with the limits of human perception and our, our very limited senses. And again, there are just so many juxtaposition that it almost feels like a list. Um, but some of these things lead us forward in time. Some things lead us backwards. And I think there's, there's a certain message about memory here um, that we need to be able to remember things in order to attach meaning to them. Um, I think of deeds cannot dream what dreams can do in the final stanza, for example that while we often contrast dreaming and doing, um, one doesn't necessarily exist without the other. Um, meaningful action takes place when we dream it, and just as dreaming can project us out into the future, it can be a way of reflecting back upon our day, um, thinking of the process of the subconscious that often dreams allow us to um, just attach and, and figure out our experiences and the meanings behind those experiences. Um, I gave the hat rack or the example of hat racks to peach trees before reading the poem. And then I also love the image of hope dancing on a bald man's hair. Um, it allows to the poem to shift into the idea of how the lack of something allows us to wonder about the possibility of what it is, such as how impurity causes us to think of purity, how the blind must perceive the sense of sight that they lack. Um, and ultimately, kind of all these juxtapositions allow for growth in a way that, uh, you know, it's the thesis, antithesis, synthesis kind of structure, the, the Hegelian structure without necessarily, you know, having to spell it out like that within the poem. It's, it's a more naturalized way of looking at that concept. So if we're allowing for growth, though, what are we growing into? Um, does it matter that courage doesn't exist without fear? Does it matter that while we can imagine and speak sentences like hornets being stung by children, these are these are fictional, that reality isn't really shifted and that these things go on with or without our understanding or even our, our consent, really? Um, that's just life. And again, these things lead to the final stanza where worms are the words, um, but and I'm gonna use that word there where joy is the voice our life is a leaf on a tree and then it comes love is the sky and trees grow skyward taking their leaves with them ascending either towards or into something into this this state of love that we cannot fully inhabit but only be a part of and isn't isn't that the meaning that we strive for that so long as we are part of it is even passively is it perhaps long enough can we ask for more than that um I don't think so. To say I am for you, well, what more can we be? 
And I think that's where Cummings leaves us, wondering what more we can be, um, wondering and, and also resolving to accept the fact that some of these things that we're given are enough if we let them be enough. So we will end this week's episode there. Thank you for joining the multiverse. Hopefully this inspires you to maybe take that drive and get out of the city or do whatever it is that makes you feel a greater part of, you know, the world around us, the sky around us, what you're growing towards. And maybe that means picking up some E. Cummings bombs and exploring more of what he had to say. For now, though, goodbye and thank you. Thank you.